1: And welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, peak too early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who is somewhere
2: off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, we got a new intro. It's Ooh, some new it intro good. music. We wanted to push up uh, our role, the changes. That's kind of like our song, our go-to song. It gets stuffed all the way at the back of the episode, so we decided, you know what? going to change it up here see how it's reacted i have a feeling it might be a little bit misreaction there might be people who like the nostalgia of the old one but we're going to give it a try and that's our new intro uh for for the time being
1: i love that song and it always killed me that we buried it at the end of every at the dead end of every episode so i'm glad it's at the top of the show now and as always at the house of sav we got trent fontanella trent how you doing bud
0: Gentlemen,
3: I am doing well. I, I feel like I'm in recovery. If we think about, you know, the depths of the challenge, the, the mileage challenge that we're in, just a, kind of feels like forever ago now, but it was just a week and a half ago. And last week, tough week. I mean, the body was so beat up mentally. I think I was fried. It was It was tough to kind of, you know, go back to work after, you know, all this just hours and hours dedicated to seeing how many miles I could run. But this week I kind of feel a new, refreshed, you know, feeling in the air. It's a little warmer out. Summer's coming around. The body is not totally healed, but it's kind of it's kind of getting to where it needs to be. Did a little bit of, you know, at home workout yesterday. Still haven't thought about running yet, but I can see that on the horizon. You know, the hope there's a little beacon on the horizon to me becoming, you know, a normal runner again. So, you know, I'm making my way through recovery, and I feel good.
2: Trent, to, to so, your point, what you're saying there, it was like. We were so occupied that week where we had to plan our whole day around running and it was like we had, on top of our already full-time jobs, a second full-time job with the running competition, so our minds were just always busy. And then last week, it was just like everything was silent. I had nothing to do and it was just like I felt so lazy because I couldn't even run if I wanted to and it was just like last week Last week was a weird place for me, um, but so mentally, I'm doing better. Physically, I uh, gave an, another attempt at a light jog the other day. Uh, still not doing great. Oh, boy. Still, uh, there's still no running, uh, I don't think, in my immediate future. But, uh, you know, we'll keep taking care of it and see what happens. So, boys,
1: I, I got some stuff to go over, and I want to run some ideas by you. You know, I think that this challenge last week, I don't think we, we ever need to do as intensive a challenge ever again. But some sort of challenge has definitely motivated me to get back into shape and kind of get back into running consistently. So I I think it's important that we do some sort of challenges going forward and we include the listeners because, like I said, the camaraderie of last week was awesome, like getting the listeners involved. Like it was a ton of fun. We got to know some people that we wouldn't have otherwise known through the challenge. So I want to continue to brainstorm ideas and do do stuff like that again. But I need to address something. And as the kids would say – I am getting dragged online, (laughs) and the overwhelming support for Trent is sickening. That's what I'm talking about. And so I just need to say a couple things, because the people have spoken, Trent. They are not happy with me, and they want you to crown you as the unofficial winner of this tournament. I just need to say, or this challenge, I need to say a couple things. Okay, so for the listeners that don't know, I am... 5 to 6 years older than these guys. I am 20 to 25 pounds more overweight and heavy than these guys. <laughs> Last year at the Boston Marathon, Trent ran a sub 3 hour marathon. And Mike ran with me and he didn't he didn't even break a sweat the entire time. I had to roll my ass 26 miles and barely cross the finish line. These two are significantly better athletes than me, okay? Significantly more close to the prime of their running career, okay? Coming into this, if you didn't think that I needed to pull some type of trickery to have a shot to win, you are out of your mind. So please, please, for the people that are dragging me online, have some respect for the fact that I needed to be a crafty veteran. I needed to do things a little bit differently out there. And I, before you guys say something, I want to bring something up. So I went back and I tried to draw some comparisons to what happened in the challenge a couple weeks ago and i want to bring up a date does the date november 30th 2003 mean anything to you guys
2: uh man that sounds around the time that it would be like you know mid football season so yeah i'm assuming that's where we're going with that some kind of football date yeah
3: trent who's your favorite football team the new england patriots The
1: Tampa Bay Buccaneers. (laughs) So I want to bring you back to one of the maybe, maybe the most classic regular season game of all time. Probably one of the greatest regular season games of all time. The New England Patriots and the Indianapolis Colts were on a collision course. I believe they were – it was towards the end of the season. I believe they were both like 10-2 at this time right? And it was an unbelievable shootout in Indianapolis between the Patriots and the Colts. They're going back and forth. Patriots get out to big lead. The Colts are chipping away at that lead the entire game, and it's coming down to what's looking like the final possession. The Patriots are up by one touchdown, and the Colts are marching down the field. The Patriots have no timeouts left. There's less than two minutes. It's ticking down to a minute, and the Patriots Cannot stop the Colts. They, it is looking like they are going to cruise to the end zone, score a touchdown, and win the game. And so they're marching down to get in the red zone. Have to play after play after play. You know, the classic Peyton Manning, hurry up offense, control the line of scrimmage, call the plays at the line of scrimmage. And after one play, one of my favorite players of all time, Willie McGinnis falls to the ground and fakes an injury to get the injury time. <laughs> up. Just a mere couple plays later, it is Fourth and one on the goal line with time tipping out, ticking away. Who makes the game-winning tackle? Willie McGinnis. So to, if you don't like me, Trent, if you don't know like what I pulled a couple weeks ago, then you don't like Willie McGinnis and you don't like the New England Patriots.
3: First off, I love William McGinnis. <laughs> I love the New England Patriots. And I love the effort that you have put in to try to justify this and to find, you know, that perfect or or to fit that sports analogy into your, you know, story of what happened the other week. I mean, I think there's some some major differences uh, that occurred during that where Willie McGinnis, you know, had to be removed. I believe the rule is just one play, right? If you have to stop the clock for the injury, then he's allowed back in. I don't think there was any, any, you know, rules that we had in our challenge about, okay, Steve, when right, you put no yourself rules. out of the challenge. There was no rules against Anyway, I kind of zoned that whole thing out. I appreciated all the praise that you were giving me. And, Mike, I really enjoyed that part. I enjoyed the people dragging Steve on the um, social media. Please continue to drag that. I enjoy being the people's champ. I'm at that point where I don't even I don't even care who won the challenge between us. I just love being the people's <laughs> champ. I love getting the support on social media. I love all the shout-outs. So, uh, Steve, you can have your, your fantasy land, Indianapolis, New England um, storyline of what actually happened. But the people the people have decided what has happened. June 11th, 2000. Oh, God. Here we go Paul again. Paul Pierce gets taken off the court in a
1: wheelchair, magically comes back on the court, wins the game. The Celtics go on to
2: win the NBA Finals. Well, hold you on. You want Matt, me to keep going? I got a whole list of them. Uh, we don't want you to keep going, so I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But that one has been debunked. Uh, allegedly, Paul Pierce came off the uh, court in a wheelchair because he pooped himself. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's really what he has come out and said over the last year so I don't I don't know what kind of analogy you're kind of draw there but um, it, it is funny because we're at the point where like hashtag Team Trent is like almost trending on Twitter at this point it's it, it's pretty wild but I just want to say like I, I get it I, I get the comparison of the Steve versus Trent I'm the one who's getting screwed over here, okay? I'm the one that might have to take the SATs. Have so a little hashtag Team Mike over here, you know what I mean? Like, why why am I getting lost in the shuffle? It's like five percent Steve Team Steve, ninety five percent Team Trent, and then I'm just sitting over here, you know, just twiddling my thumbs. So, listen, Steve. Again, I like your comparisons. I like the effort, and I know I'm sure we could sit here for another forty five minutes with the historical. Frank the tank list you got going on over there. But it what it all comes down to, there's you know, no there's just no way to completely make a comparison that proves or shows what actually happened on that day and where we were all at as competitors. I stand by what I said and it's like it's hard for me to like really go back into this because I don't have the same passion and anger and energy I did in the last show. Things have really calmed down for me. So it's like, I have a hard time, you know, throwing these arguments in your face again.
3: Steve, you'll, I mean, you'll take the negative publicity. I'll take the positive. All pub is good pub. So right. Mike's over right. there. just forgotten about. I'll be the, the heel. The forgotten be, about a podcaster.
1: I'll be Scarface over here. It's You need people like me so you can point the finger and say, that's the bad guy. All right. I'll be the bad guy. I'll make this show entertaining. and You can call me the bad guy. That's fine. Everybody get on Team Trent. I don't need you.
2: Just kidding. I, think, I, use I support I think, I, this is how, hard I think this is how we should settle it. People can say what they want online and all this. If we want to have a real definitive answer, I think people should make their cases. No, for, no, no. no we hold don't on. Hold that. on. No, yes, I do. People <laughs> should make their cases in the iTunes review with a five star okay, review fair of the podcast. Fair so, by the time the next podcast rolls around, whoever has the most reviews in their favor, that's that's the winner right there. And listen, I've said this before, but if you've already left a review, right? And you can't double up on a review, make another account. I don't care. Ask your brother, your mother, your friend, your neighbor it's not that difficult it takes two seconds leave a five-star review say hey hashtag team Trent, hashtag steve hey maybe even you throw a hashtag team mike out there i don't know but that seems like a good way to settle it fine fine if you want to take your
1: your anger out on me please bring it to the itunes reviews drag me there all you want is just give us a five-star review
3: but don't bother with hashtag team mics i mean that's unnecessary
1: (laughs) Uh, anyways, guys, so I was brainstorming a little bit today before we get into the news, um, some, some challenge ideas that we could do next. And so one thing I was thinking to get, you know, we could do it between us three and then we could get other people involved. And I was thinking maybe like a little game of horse or we could call it P2E, right? So we randomly select who goes first and we kind of go around in a circle. And you get to run whatever distance you want for whatever time you want. And then the other two people need to match that that time. If they don't, then they get a letter. And we keep going around. And so it could be anything from, you know, uh, 800 to uh, a half marathon.
2: What do you Ooh, think? I love it. So let's say, hypothetically, uh, Steve goes out and runs a mile and does it in seven minutes. Then I go out and run it in six minutes and 30 seconds. Do you go back out and try and run it? Does it just keep going no. until somebody
1: It would just be like matching your shot, right? So we go, we rotate every week. So say it's my week. I have Sunday and Monday. Well, the week starts on Monday, right? So maybe I have Monday, Tuesday to set my time. And then you guys have the rest of the week to try and match that time. And if you don't, or maybe we we split it up evenly, right? And if you guys match the time, you could be faster. Or you could be a second faster. You could be a minute faster. You don't get a letter. If you don't match the time, you get a letter.
3: I appreciate the, the rule clarification here. Mike, your rule kind of reminded me of the Tony Hawk horse rules. Yeah, Remember that Tony Hawk pro Man, skater rule we yeah. had to keep one in the point total. I think that's the only horse that plays that way. Everything else is done, you know, the other way. But that was a fun little throwback in my head for it. Where I think this gets really interesting, guys, is the kind of time frames that we put on it, right? If somebody throws something out there, how long do you have to um, you know, match that, right? Like let's say we only give you six to eight hours and somebody does something on a, a friday night or something and somebody's had maybe a few beers and then they have to get out and match that you know within six hours of the being match i don't know what the time frame is but i think that could add a really fun element maybe someone doesn't have running shoes with them they just got to get out on a you know a field somewhere and, and yeah. get their mile in barefoot or something like that that could be pretty fun so i think the i structure think that for of the sake of is... this
2: go ahead mike I just think the structure of it's very important, right? And yeah, you you, you could do a lot of different ways with it. you could make it like super like quick turnarounds. You can make it, but and I think that's something we can hash out when we get there. I think and the idea of it, I love, and I think there's a lot of different ways we can go with it. But I think there is a lot of fine tuning of like agree how the direction we bring this this contest.
1: So I think what we need to do. So we're going to fine tune this, and I have a lot of ideas. And maybe in next week po- next week's podcast, we'll kind of we'll kind of you know you know flush out the ideas, and we'll we'll kind of set the time frame here. Um, what the listeners need to do right now is, so we're going to do it amongst us three. What you pe- what everybody who's listening right now needs to do is, you need to start uh, pulling together your group that you're going to compete against. So let's try to keep it somewhere between you know uh, three to three to 10 people in your group and maybe what we'll do is the winners of each group will move on to another challenge or something like that so um, we'll figure that all out in the next week or so but start pulling together groups think of people that you want to challenge and you want to pull into your group love it love it so mike why don't we get into the running
2: news Alrighty. So we actually do got a little bit of news this time around. Um, the first one is, it's an interesting one. So, two cross country programs have now announced that they are disbanding their programs. And, you know, well, one cross
1: country program and one full track program or men's track program,
2: right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So, and, um, and, you know, in the wake of this whole pandemic and the coronavirus, and you know, schools and athletic programs are hurting financially. This might be a trend that continues. So, Akron was the one that disbanded their cross country program, and they still have track. And then Central Michigan has has uh, disbanded their entire track and field program. Is that right, Steve? Men's track and field program. Men's track and field program. Yeah, and so there's a lot of logistics that go into it, right? Like. If you know you're gonna, because these schools have cut other programs, and there's a lot of Title IX stuff that goes into it. And but like I said, the the big thing is is like, is this gonna become a trend now where we see cross country programs and track programs getting cut? And like you know, these aren't small programs. Like Akron's a a, you know a a pretty big D1 cross country program. So I don't know. I mean, it it could be an interesting trend coming in here now. Yeah, I I think.
1: I think the Central Michigan one's a little bit tougher because you're just straight up wiping out an entire men's program. the The Akron cross country program, while it sucks, I kind of understand it um, because you're you're able to cut the the cross country the men's cross country program, but those athletes are able to stay around and compete in track. So it's like you're only taking away. I mean, we all know that cross country is the better sport, but you know, if you're the athletic director, you can, like, go to sleep at night being, like, at least I'm not taking away this this sports completely away from, from these kids. Um, and it's just, like, cross-country doesn't cost a lot of money. It's purely a Title IX play, in, in Akron's case, anyways. I mean, they're cutting their golf and, I believe, women's tennis program. So those are two pretty expensive programs. So they're able to save some money there, and they have to cut the men's cross-country most likely because of a Title IX play. And I think – I mean, Title Nine's is kind of like a double-edged sword. Like, I think the purpose of Title Nine, the intention of Title Nine, is a great thing, and it's it's an important thing. You know, protecting women's sports, protecting funding for women's sports, it needs to happen. Um, but this is kind of the bad side of it, where it's like. You need to have it, it It needs to be even and there's no way around that. So if you have to cut something for funding, you just have to cut you just have to cut men's sport. It's just that's the way it is. So, um, you know, I think Title IX is, is an important, necessary thing, but it can also it can also have some ugly sides to it, some bad sides to it.
3: Yeah, man, it's definitely a, a sucky story and you fear what the impact of COVID is going to do on, on Everyone talks about how football is the big money maker for everything. People didn't get the spring, the winter sports championship funding, the spring sports championship revenue, I should say. So if we're, if we're going to lose out on like some some football revenue and stuff going forward, then it's definitely a real possibility we're going to lose some more sports like this. I think the decision to cut cross country is is especially tough because, yes, you're only losing that one sport for the distance and mid-distance athletes there. But, I mean, that's just ending any chance that Akron has. It has me a legitimate you know distance program in the track too or mid distance program in the trap because what recruit is going to start going to akron if you don't have a cross-country program right so you're you're kind of you know keeping the track team alive which is great for all you know throwers and jumpers and sprinters out there they're still going to kind of be able to proceed as normal um, but you really are just kind of you know pulling the plug on akron having any sort of competitive distance and mid distance runners
2: yeah i mean in my mind this is a, a pr play right because if you need to cut a program and this is something that gets down to the deeper, uh, you know, things that bother me about the running world. But if you're going to cut a sport, you're not going to cut these high-profile programs like football, basketball, hockey, right? Like the big money makers, like you said, but also the things that would become a huge news story, right? If if a, a team disbands their D1 college football program, that's a much bigger story than you cutting the tennis team or the cross-country team. The reality of it is, right, like, a lot of those high-profile sports, there's so many full scholarships getting tossed around. It is insane. I mean, how much money are you actually losing um, or saving cutting the scholarships of a cross-country team? I don't think... It's that big. I mean, I think there's so many programs and so many schools where it's like if you're a D1 basketball team or football team, almost every single player is getting a scholarship and most of them are getting full rides and stuff like that. So you could uh, and I get I get you're not bringing in money with cross country, but you you are saving a lot of scholarship money doing it that way. But you're never going to see that. You're never going to see a cross country team survive before one of these high profile sports because, I mean that's gonna that's a killer that's a killer for the university it's a killer PR wise uh, and it, it's a killer for bringing in profits. Well, Mike, I, I think that this is an opportunity. Like, you know, we're we're
1: runners. We ran in college. We have a running podcast. Like, we're 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 all about the sport. But I'm also like not naive enough to know that like our sport needs to take a look in the mirror because. <laughs> there's going to be we're going to see a lot of impact especially to our sport across the country like as this keep as the dominoes keep falling here right and Akron has has they didn't get a i don't think they got a single their football team didn't get a single win last year right and they're going to keep the football team and it's just like well what is our sport not doing like why are why is our sport not marketable enough to compete with a with a with a with a football team that doesn't have a single win right So, like, I think that this is more of a commentary on the sport rather than, you know, these athletic programs
2: should be more fair to our sports. Does that make sense? Uh, Absolutely. Like, that's not a story that even in a pandemic world that's going to be run as a headline on ESPN or the average sports fan, if you tell them that they cut the Akron cross country team or the Central Michigan track and field team. They're not gonna care, right? Like, no, nobody's. It's not gonna bother anybody. It's not gonna make a headline. It's not gonna be a big deal. And that is, that's the issue for us right there. That is the crux of, you know, a lot of the reason why we started what we're doing here. It's like, why is it that you can cut a whole program and nobody cares? It's
3: not a story in sports at all. Yeah, the the problem with it is any criticism that, you know, we could have of the schools for making these decisions on why cross country and not something else is totally justifiable, right? They're they're not selling any, you know, incoming freshmen um, that are non-athletes on the experience of going to see, you know, a cross country meet on the weekend and your freshman year is a great way to meet people and stuff, right? They're not, they're going to sell it on the football stadium, even if the team stinks. That's still like a selling point that you can have with people, and and you're getting donors to you know spend money on that. It's just not a reality for cross country, and it's it's like a criticism on. We can try to criticize you know schools for for making the decision they did, but you know it's totally at this point justifiable.
2: For sure. So to transition to uh, our second news story, very related. So former Akron alum Clayton Murphy, who's a, you know. 800 meter superstar in uh, the professional scene right now for Nike. He was, uh, you know, kind of the poster child for this on a website, FlowTrack.com. Might have heard of it. Um, and so he, yeah, his picture was kind of like with the article, and he came out on his Instagram, very direct, retweeted the the FlowTrack article and said, "Remove my picture." from this article or move the article from behind your paywall. This is not time to play your games. So, I mean, this is related to what we were talking about, right? The idea of growing our sport and a very prominent athlete in the sport worried about growing our sport being annoyed that an article like this was behind FlowTrack's paywall and clearly showing his frustration and then came out a day later with like a three-tweet, novel on why he was upset about this and yada 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 I mean from my standpoint I love it I mean obviously the whole paywall thing I think we believe that that is an issue with growing the sport and having Clayton Murphy who for the most part is like a pretty like to himself like quiet guy isn't like huge uh a huge personality in the sport, but having him just come out and attack Flow Track like this kind of put a smile on my face. I got to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> I I kind of have like I I I
1: like Clayton Murphy a lot. I think what he did was hilarious, and I enjoyed it. I kind of like. I'm a little confused about it though, just because like I'm not a fan of Flow Track, right? I don't think any of us are. And I think a big part of the reason I'm not a fan of flow Track is because they put stuff behind a paywall. They put, like, big meets that you can only watch on, on flow Track behind a paywall. And for the most part, their coverage and what they're putting out there stinks. Like, it's not worth paying for. But it's the only way to watch the sport. That's my biggest problem with flow Track. But, like, what if, <laughs> what if this was, like, what if the New York Times wrote an article about this? Would Clayton Murphy... Tweet at the New York Times, hey, take my picture in this article down, yeah, because it's behind a paywall. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I'm a little confused. Like I have mixed emotions about it. I,
2: I, I get what you're saying, and like maybe this wasn't the right place to like put that message out there. But I think it's because he probably had those feelings about FlowTrack in general, and then. This one specifically had a picture of him in it, so he felt like now this is the time where I can use my voice and speak out against them. Where it's just like it would be weird if it was just a random article that wasn't about him or about had nothing to do with him. You know what I mean? The fact that he was kind of the poster child for this article, being a prominent Akron uh, alum, so it was like it it was kind of an opportunity for him to to voice his opinion, I guess. Yeah, and when it's a pandemic, it's like you can make a, a stronger case because he has that last line where he's like, this is not the time to play games, you know, kind of make it more dramatic and trying to hit him a yeah. little bit harder.
3: And and I'm glad he took that opportunity to, to make a deal this. Now I am not going to really, you know, crap on flow track for using somebody's image without running it by them um, yeah, right. for this story. Right. That's not, that's not. And like you said, Steve, I'm not a fan of flow track either. Now, Props to them, right? They're the, kind of the biggest in the game right now. And then they have the most coverage, right? And until someone can does it, can do it better than them, then they can kind of do what they think is best for their business. I appreciate them having a big-time website dedicated to following the sport. I think people need to just do it better. And I think FlowChat could even be a lot better themselves by changing their business model. So regardless of that, I think Flowtack should be a lot better. And I'm glad this was an opportunity to... Um, you know just analyze that that idea of putting stuff behind a paywall like this and i and i think if they took down the paywall for a lot of like a lot of their content then it would be just a better site would help grow the sport and be good for flow track in the end game so again i i'm not mad at flow track for using clayton's picture but i do appreciate clayton just starting this conversation again about is it really good for flow track and for the sport to have all their stuff behind a paywall
2: what's hey, funny clayton. about this article specifically too is it actually wasn't behind a paywall there's like a feature <laughs> in FlowTrack track where you have to like make a username and that's what it was prompting you to do to to read the article which is still absurd to like read an article you have to like create a username or whatever but still it wasn't behind a paywall which kind of makes the story even funnier hey clayton
1: you know who doesn't put any of their content behind a paywall Peak too early baby
2: come on our podcast and we would never use somebody's picture without without their permission. Nobody's picture, nobody's video, no content. We never do that. That's not something that we ever do.
3: Yeah, and, and everything is, is free unless, you know, somebody wanted to come in and, and, you know, pay us to make content and put behind a paywall Correct. that yeah. we consider. So. <laughs> yes.
2: Alrighty. Um, okay. so our next news story. Whoa, dude, guy,
3: this is crazy. All this news story. We have real news. We about, have like crazy, our next crazy news story. We've been, like we've been a, talking about nothing for, for months now. This is, I'm sorry. This is wild. Maybe we should save some of these news stories because we might go on
2: another month-long drought of news. But here we go. So our guy, Johnny G, Johnny Gregoric, has decided that he, uh, and I believe he's doing it for charity, is going to try and take a stab at the blue jean... Uh, mile world record which i think is in the 420s or so and he's been going to be doing it at the end of the month i think may 30th and i promise you i'm going to be tuning in
3: for this it's going to be awesome what do you guys think all right so these are the news stories i'm used to Yeah. <laughs> for yeah, a they, second uh, there i, I thought I we were having too much real news 20 minutes on flow track we got to get to the blue g mile this is the stuff that we're used to i mean <laughs> this is this is an insane thing to do um I, I believe that that Johnny out of anyone has the integrity, you know, to wear the right pair of blue jeans out there. Because you know you could maybe get some like skinny ones or some tight ones or some flexy ones. I don't know. Um, you could make the you know the PJ jeans, but if you wear some real ones, I mean that's going to be brutal. My first thought just goes right to his thighs and and the chafing that could occur from an event like this and just the the pain that he may have to put up with. So I, I'm really pulling for you, Johnny.
1: Yeah, and I got to know the – he's got to make sure to advertise the rules because I think there's some strict rules on, like, the stretchiness of the jeans. Like, it can't be any of this, like, new fangled – like, I mean, I wear jeans now that pretty much are sweatpants, right? Like, they they have enough stretchy stuff in it. It's like a blend. It looks like jeans. It's got to be, like, the true, you know, Levi's, like, stiff jeans. He's got to make a bigger deal out of that but I'm pumped. Like I think this is awesome. Like this is exactly what we're talking about with Sam Parsons. Like people need to be doing fun
2: stuff with the sport right now and this is this is definitely fun. Right? So he he actually posted like a picture and like you know promoting his thing of him doing like intervals and I'm telling you the jeans that he was wearing these were some skinny boy jeans. I mean they were tight. They looked like they were these are not like, you know, comfy, baggy, easy to run in jeans. These were some straight up hardcore tight tight jeans so it, it, <laughs> i mean it'll be it'll be something to see for sure
3: my, my thighs are chafing just thinking about this <laughs> i
2: mean he's gonna break it right
3: 420
2: he's got it. i mean i get that the jeans are tough to run in but this dude's a you know a 349 miler like he's gonna break 420 in these is he, he gonna have about that is
3: he gonna have like track spikes on
2: oh he's yeah. got to wow. right for sure. That's, he's taking this seriously. Yeah, That's going to be just How like an awesome he's, image.
1: He's going to have pacers too, right? He should. So Unless
2: he gets the rules. Somebody asked him and he said to be determined. So I think that's still in the works. Maybe they're analyzing the rules, finding out what he's allowed to and not allowed to do.
3: The photo of a couple of rabbits in short shorts and singlets just out there <laughs> pacing him through and him in a pair of Levi's or whatever with track legs like on on the bottom. I mean that's that's my gonna be my new screensaver
1: yeah would you if you're gonna do so you're gonna do the the jeans would you go like a, a technical singlet or would you go like a cutoff flannel and like a trucker hat Just i like, think that's the move
2: completely turn into it yeah yeah
3: I think you at least start with, like, the cutoff. you can make it, yeah, like, the sleeveless flannel vest or whatever. And if you need to shed it halfway through to pick up a few more seconds, you can do it. But, I mean, Johnny's good enough to beat it in that whole outfit. So, that's a great idea, Steve.
2: (laughs) Alrighty. So, our last news story of the day. And, you know, I... Don't anticipate us spending much time on this because, in my mind, I'm not even sure how big of a story it is. The Diamond League has readjusted their schedule, and they plan on opening on August 14th. Listen, that means nothing to me, okay? Nobody knows when we're going to be running track. Like I get that you needed to put something out there and readjust your schedule and have a plan, but will the Diamond League start on August 14th? I don't know. I, I don't know. Where's me. the first? Does it say where the first meet is? Oh
1: boy, Steve, put me on the spot. Because, because um, I, I think that will. De- I mean, that will that will determine my confidence level in this actually happening.
2: Yeah, but it's gotta be a diamond league. Like, do the meets operate independently like that? I, I mean, I guess. Okay, I so. so it'll be. Um, it looks like Monaco, August fourteenth.
1: Oh, that's happening.
2: I'm going to – this
1: is the first time I'm going to say a sporting event's actually going to happen. I've said every sporting event all summer is not going to happen. I think that's going to happen.
3: Wow. I just appreciate the positivity, Steve. I yeah. mean, I was just about to just go after Mike for saying, you know, why you got to be so negative like that? Why you have to be such a, you know, a negative Nancy to bring up this news that – You know, it's on the rise. Now, I get you, there's no guarantees at this point. There's no guarantees whatsoever, but it's at least encouraging, right? That they have a date in place, that they at least have a goal to shoot for. It's not, we're leaving it, you know, open ended for whatever. And August is earlier than literally everything else that we've heard for when real sports may come back or any other event.
2: So why why would you be optimistic then if I'm August not saying, is earlier than anything you've ever heard? We're we're worried if there's going to be a football season. Like You think we're going to be having these athletes travel all over the world in August? Maybe. I hope so. But I, like, what reason
3: do we have to be optimistic that that's going to happen? I just appreciate them putting a date on the schedule. The first thing in order to get a track meet or any sporting event scheduled is to come up with a real game plan. Here's what's going to happen. Here's when it's going to happen. Here's how we're going to get athletes here. Here's where they're going to be, you know, tested. Here's where they're going to be bubbled up and on a campus or whatever. And then this is what we're going to do with no fans. So I'm I'm not saying, again, I'm not entirely optimistic it's going to happen. But it's at least, like, refreshing to get these leagues and these, you know, especially the, these running, you know, meets that that we've missed so much to at least refreshing to see them have a plan to go forward.
2: Sh- sure, Maybe. But you know how not refreshing it's going to be to watch another meet and another event get canceled? Like yeah, right now maybe it's refreshing to know, oh, we might have a date. But then if they have to cancel it again, it's like pile it on, baby, add it to my list of sporting events that have been canceled, Trent. So I think, think a why? lot of these <laughs> a lot of these a lot of these
1: um leagues like I know the UFC was talking about like fight island right you ship all the all the fighters out to an island and they train and they compete on that island so they're quarantined and they can put on events and you know i think most sports i mean i think the nba had a version of this baseball had a version of this like everybody's kind of talked about this i think running's the one sport where you could actually pull it off right i mean it's not like i mean most most of these most of these athletes are a little bit younger you know you go put them up on a put them up on an island to go they're already most of them are already friends like let's let's have the Diamond League invest in a race I- or track island, right? You fly out all these track athletes to an island, they live, train together, and compete. I think that uh, that would be awesome.
2: Yeah, I agreed. That would be awesome. But I'll let you know when the world of track and field has done something that that <laughs> badass and that awesome. Okay, because it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Man, now I'm all grumpy. You guys have made me grumpy. You made us grumpy. I thought we were just going to push through this story like it was a nothing burger, and now I'm over here, you know, like Steve just went out for another Sunday night run or something like that. (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Let's get into our interview, our bell
1: lap track and field gear interview with national champion in 1500 meters from the University of Notre Dame, Yared Magoos.
0: Hey, what's hey. up, man? What's going on? Hey, I'm good. How are you guys? <laughs> Doing well. Hey, thanks
1: for making some time for us tonight.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. No problem.
1: <laughs> nice. Where, so where are you at right now?
0: Uh, right now, I'm at home. Uh, home for me is Louisville, Kentucky. Okay. Um, just been, you know, hanging out with my family like a lot of other people and, you know, trying to not get sick of them. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> How's that going? <laughs> no, pretty good. I don't think I'm as bad as some other people have been.
3: Is it a lot of people in your house or like how many, how big is your family that's there? Uh,
0: it's, it's like a pretty big, um, but right now it's just like me and two of my siblings. Um, I have like five siblings, but there's just the three of us right now. And then um my two parents. Yeah. Where, where are you in the sibling order? I'm like, um I'm like in the middle, but like the younger middle. So like I'm third youngest or fourth oldest. That's ever. right
3: where I am. It's a good place to be. How how do you how do you like to describe yourself as the third youngest or as the fourth oldest?
0: <laughs> i would say the third youngest. The fourth oldest just sounds like you're being excessive at that point. <laughs> 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 or I'll just say do middle you, child.
2: Do you live like uh in the city in Louisville or do you guys live on like the outskirts?
0: Yeah, we live on the outskirts. It's more like a yeah. a suburb kind of area.
2: we've talked about it a bunch, but Louisville is the best. Every time I've been to Louisville, it has been like completely exceeded my
0: expectations I agree I think I really did took it for granted like throughout high school but then when I went to college I was like man I want to go a (laughs) lot yeah
1: (laughs) I think it might be I think it might be one of the most underrated just like fun cities in the country because like Mike said every time I've been there I've just had a I've just had a blast
0: oh yeah absolutely I mean like just, i feel like there's a lot of things to do and also there's not a whole lot of people doing them here so just gives you like a lot of like space to do stuff we uh me and trent we had our
2: um my senior year our national d we ran d2 and our national championship was in louisville i forget the name of the park trent do you remember tom the, sawyer Yeah. Right? yeah the top yep so we ran there and then they had the D2 festival there and it was like all down, um, I think, what is it? Fifth street or whatever. And they like shut down the whole thing Had the ceremony. I mean, it was
3: unbelievable, unbelievable yeah. time. It, it was legitimately one of the best like weekends yeah, of like you know, after the race, uh, that, that weekend. So yeah, definitely have a soft spot for Louisville. So yeah, all right. That's, that's enough about us for right now,
1: but, uh, I, I we got a couple questions for you and I want to kick off by saying, I think that this is just a, obviously it's a really weird time for the for the world we have a global pandemic but it's a really weird time for our sport and I think a lot of people that were are gearing up for this year the Olympic year are put in a really bad spot you know they gotta they gotta adjust they gotta adjust to training they gotta start preparing for next year but somebody like you you're going into your senior year does this kind of this change in Olympic year kind of change your plans a little bit, and maybe even open up the door for a potential run to the Olympics? Is that where your mind's
0: at, or are you not even
1: thinking about that right now?
0: Yeah, I was actually thinking about it even um, before this whole pandemic started, like kind of just kind of going for it when it was um, still 2020. Um, It would have been a little bit tough considering like, you know, cross country, I still have to do that like early in the summer and the fall um but you know my coach was like it's a good experience to try it and you know might help you later on that's kind of what i believe too um and but now with the whole pandemic going on i think it's kind of made it an even like more attractive um opportunity for me to just kind of pursue anyway um i've never i mean like i wasn't like originally like you know always want to do this like my whole life but i think um you know it definitely be fun to try and now that i'll be basically like done after my senior year i'll have like you know, it's kind of, it'll kind of be like my last huzzah in my college to, uh, you know, put everything I have out there and try to get on the Olympic team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that uh,
2: you know, there's a million things that suck about this whole situation. And especially for a lot of the college kids, losing any season is miserable. And as like the seniors and who knows what next year will be like for you guys. But to Steve's point, a little bit of positivity thrown in here. This means that you. I think it's been a little over a year now since you have lost a race on the track, and now this going to get extends. So you might just get on some crazy streak where you can just ride this win streak right into the Olympics, and you know you'll have all the momentum in the world.
0: Yeah, that'd be fun. I haven't been keeping track, but but, (laughs) but, but regardless, yeah, I think uh, you know I think we definitely talk about momentum being an important thing, and. You know, it's easy to win when you're still winning. So, I mean, even with this whole damper going on, I think it'll be a, you know, good opportunity if everything next year still goes as we want it to, um, to have some fun. If
3: I was in your shoes, I may just hope track never comes back and then I would just go out, you know, (laughs) on a a winning streak. But I'm I'm not an elite athlete, so that's uh, maybe some differences in how we think. But you said uh, right there, you know, how important the momentum is, right? You, You start winning, you start feeling good, you start cruising through. Um, So for you, especially, I mean, the way the the season ended just had to be just, I can't imagine how how rough it was because you were obviously, you know, running great still, um, coming off an epic indoor um, and rolling through. So um, when were you able to kind of accept that maybe you weren't going to be able to have a chance to run, you know, a fast mile in the spring or the end of the winter even, um, and then adaptation to now, moving forward and thinking about, you know, shifting to cross country
0: all of a sudden. I think um, you know, right when that moment happened, that was like a, you know, a pretty hard moment to accept. And honestly, it was really hard for me to accept for like even several weeks after that. I'm sure it was for everyone. Um, you know, like being like right I mean, we were more concerned about, you know, the indoor championships and like the DMR and such. But um like we, we could barely even think like a hedge like even our outdoors just like completely ruined. And then, you know, just kind of like spirals onto all the other things it affects. Um, for us, we really, or for me, um, uh, I think I really kind of got, you know, accepted what was happening around um, by a time like, like I'd say like three weeks afterwards when I was like here at home, just sitting around like, my online classes just like you know trying to act like things are normal again and um you know at that point our coach had obviously talked to us a lot about it and like you know our teammates talked to each other about it and um you know the only thing you can do is try to look forward ahead to whatever you have next and for us cross country is really important for us and I've always really enjoyed it so you know for us we're looking on to cross country and all the amazing things we can do there and you know what what happens has happened and it sucks but I'd say I'm more fortunate than others in that I still have like a senior season to kind of, you know, go out and run all those times. Um, I've always been known to like do best at the end. And I think that kind of carries on into like senior year. I want to have like a really great senior year season. Um, And so I think I'll really be able to do that, especially since um, outdoor was canceled.
1: And and I think you're, you're in a, you're in a different, slightly different situation than, I think a lot of athletes that are competing for uh, a national championship on the, on the track where you're, you're a
0: med student, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to apply to dental school soon. (laughs) Gotcha.
1: So, so when you say, you know, potentially this year leading up to an Olympic trials, that would be your last hurrah. You're not even considering a a, a potential run at, at a a professional running career. You're, you're focused on, on uh, going to, to dental school.
0: I'd say uh lately I've kind of been like swayed both ways, so I think I'm still kind of making a decision somewhat. I'm pretty undecisive on both things. I know I've wanted to do this for so long, like I've kind of like set myself up to do that, but like you know my recent cult experiences have kind of set me up to do that too. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna run it like it is like my last race because you know whatever like there's a lot of different factors that could influence that, and I'm not gonna know until like probably very late. So. I'm just going to keep running it. Yeah. Like it is my very last like race ever. Or, and if I'm, and if I choose to not do that, then yeah, good. But if it is, then then, yeah, I left it all out there. And that's all I can say. (laughs) Very cool.
2: Yeah. What was it like? um, I don't know if you can pinpoint a certain moment in time, but obviously, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but your Epic, you know, 1500 win, uh, last outdoor season, barreling down the home stretch, get the win and it's like was that the moment that kind of opened up the possibility like oh maybe you know maybe this pro thing is is for real maybe that is an option for me
0: yeah I'd say that was definitely the race I'd already um done so well at the DMR earlier that year and then to come back and do that in the 1500 um I kind of kind of surprised myself too but um I think that at that moment, you know, my my coach brought up a little, and I started thinking about it a little, and this kind of, like, what it was about, and, um, yeah, at at that point, that race was um, definitely something. (laughs) I think it changed a lot of things in general, Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, I'd say that race was I don't know. <laughs> it's is this like a whole like honestly like thinking back to it is just so strange how it all happened and like you know, it seems like it was a dream or something. It's weird.
3: <laughs> well, well, let's let's talk about it some more. So, all the listeners right now, maybe you should pause the podcast, go back and watch Jared win the fifteen hundred last year on the track, and then come back and you, you'll you'll be coming off this insane kick that will just be firing you up, and you'll still be confused at how he you know, even thought he had a chance to win. So, right. my question to you is, why didn't you give up and just take second place? I mean, why <laughs> did you think you were going to be able to catch him at the end? If you had no chance.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd say um, a big quality of mine is just being very um, kind of determined somewhat, like no matter what the odds may seem like. Um, you know, I'm kind of known for having like that kick, but that's because – I will, like, literally never give up. <laughs> like, it's just, it's just kind of, like, out of my nature, just how I was raised. It's just, you know, you know, it's not over until it's over, basically. And um, so coming around that stretch, I I kind of done, like, everything wrong. <laughs> like, everything was right <laughs> until that point when I did, like, I let them pass me, and I was like, oh, well, shoot. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> um, but uh, when I got to that last 100, you know, I kind of figured like, this is, this is the end of, you know, outdoor. You're not going to, I'm not going to like peter out, you know, I just don't want to, I want to like go out there and be like, you know, I may have done that, that decision, but um, at least I gave it all I had in the circumstance. And so I kind of just went out there and I just, again, very, very hazy, but I just (laughs) felt like I just started like sprinting. And then um, all of a sudden I was like, up there i didn't even think i'd won when i crossed the line i was like ah, well that was pretty close but you know whatever and then like they would come around like tap my back and i just be like what and then on the sports up there i'm like oh crap i actually did (laughs) it it's crazy yeah looking back at the video i'm still just like wow i can't believe that happened either but you know yeah i I didn't think you won
3: either and then they show the scoreboard and to the 100th place the times, of the I'm not sure if they had, you were able to see it in person, but it was like, I think it was 36 uh, hundredths of a second or whatever, but you guys had the UN, um, Michigan State, um, blanking on Kip, um, you just probably know KIP, Kip Project, yeah. So you guys had the same, desk, like to the hundred. it was incredible.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. It was like, I don't know, it's just like not the kind of thing I, I thought I'd be doing. Usually like when I kick, I kind of like give myself Some space to kind of like, you know, not make it that close. But people always say I've always been like probably one of the most interesting racers to watch. So I (laughs) got to keep that up
2: (laughs) for for sure. And I agree with that because you do it in a way where it's almost like a lot of kickers you see kind of sit back and just let the race unfold. That's not how you do it though. Like you get up in the mix and you you know push the pace a lot of the time, which is crazy, and then set yourself up for a kick at the end i mean i've seen you run races too where it's just like you take it from the gun and go the distance too so it's like is there any certain way you like to race or is it just like you kind of feel it out how it goes or you know what like what are you thinking going
0: into these races i think it definitely uh depends on the race you know you got to be like really adaptable for the different situations but um kind of what i learned a lot was stuff i learned uh freshman year and sophomore year i kind of like um especially freshman year, I noticed how, like, a lot of the races I would in would be very um, tactical kind of races, and I wasn't, like, super into that at all, so um, <laughs> I kind of just, like, when I when I got older, I was, like, I I feel like I can take it out, and I want to run this race how I want to run this race, and, you know, that's something you always talk about, like, run your own race, and the race I want to run is, you know, the race where I run really fast, like, all of it, I don't want to, like, if you're going absurdly slow and then you know killing the last 400 even though I, I, I could but I don't I think the race is more fun like when you kind of like keep it honest um, overall so most of my races unless I don't know it's like a prelim or something I'll try to like keep it pretty honest um, throughout most of it just to kind of like you know I kind of get like I feel like I did something I actually accomplished something more um, when I go out there and give it everything I have for sure
1: so hey, I want to bring you back to when I became a fan of yours. And uh so we oh, had I'm sure a little You did. I'm sure oh, you yeah. became a fan. So right <laughs> around the time we started this podcast, we put together I said, "Okay, like we're going to start making some games around track meets and we're going to just kind of try to get people interested in the sport in other ways other than just watching." And so what the three of us did was we made a little bit of a, you know, gambling game, right? It was like kind of like fantasy track, right? Where you pick different runners and our first meet that we did was the 2019 indoor race, right? And so we all picked different athletes. And then the final, uh, the, you know, the last thing we picked was we all picked the DMR team and I picked Notre Dame and it came down to that race and you, you won me some money. So that was awesome. But that's not that I, I really played that part. <laughs> My favorite part of that race was afterwards, and you know, you were kind of being interviewed with your teammates, and you, you know, it was very obvious that you could have run the individual, you know, mile, and you could have qualified for the finals. You probably could have quali- you probably had a shot at an individual title, but you were talking about how it was really important for you to run with your teammates and try to get your teammates a national title too. Um, you know, why was that so important to you?
0: I talk about it like all the time, but um, I think what a big part of what I love so much about track and what like everyone loves is kind of like that team aspect that you get um, overall, like the camaraderie with your teammates, um, just being in the locker room and then hanging out with them throughout the run is all just something I enjoy, like just, it's what I enjoy most about the sport. Um, And so like in the DMR, of course, that track race is like the most, um, you know, team-like track race overall, because most races are pretty individual. And the DMR, you get that chance to, like, run with others. And, you know, it's that combined teamwork that allows you to, like, have that good result. Um, Because of that, the DMR is just by far my favorite race because it's like a distance relay. And that's, you know, I'm a distance person. So I've always loved relays. And I just, you know. Um, But also, um, you know, traveling with the DMR and just, like, hanging out with them after is just – in my eyes so much more fun than it would be if I was just like, you know, me and like, I don't know. I don't know who else. Just like if it was just like me going out and then, um, you know, afterwards just having like basically no one to be with. I don't think, um, I just don't think I get as much enjoyment out of winning together or out of winning individually as I do out of uh, winning together. It just means a lot more to me and um, you know, it's always better to win with other people in my eyes. And that's why I love the DMR so much. We talk
1: about it all the time. How, I mean, the three of us are former former college runners and
0: yeah, sure. We miss racing.
1: We miss competing. But the thing we miss the most is like being in the locker room and hanging out and like the traveling together. Like that's the stuff that, you know, you'll never ever get again.
0: And you know, it's, it's like, it's really special. Yeah, I definitely agree. That's I've, I've been trying to enjoy that the most. And now that I'm at my senior year, it's kind of like, oh, man, it's already ending. And I've like, I mean, I've had many opportunities, but, you know, kind of just want to never end. <laughs> yeah.
3: Is there some similarities between that feeling with the DMR and the feeling when you're, you're running with the cross-country team? Because um, you're kind of like too good to care that much about cross-country. It has a 1500 national champion. <laughs> um, so is it, is it kind of that similar feeling of you enjoy that team camaraderie in the cross-country course?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why I love uh, cross country so much, despite the super long distance. It's just very like, you know, team focused and like, you know, it doesn't like really, I mean, it matters the place you get, but only for the team. And that's like kind of like that same way you feel the DMR. Um, that's what my coach like loves preaching about. And, you know, he does a really good job of this kind of like instilling that like team aspect into us. Like it's the team. That's what really matters. And, as a result that's what i feel like really matters and also um you know it's just really fun going on cross-country meets and just you know going through some super muddy brutal course and then coming out of it just like okay let's uh have fun now <laughs> <laughs> for sure so quickly before we get to
2: our uh finale here Let's talk nicknames, okay? You must have some pretty good nicknames in your name. Yarrod yeah, and the Goose, there's a lot you can do with that, you know, the Goose is Loose type stuff. So, do you got any good nicknames? And if not, we can help you here. We'll start workshopping that for you.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I don't really have like many nicknames that stick. Um, people do like the Goose as a, a I mean, pretty name awesome nickname. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, a lot of my family members have the same thing um yeah, I'm sure. but there have been like some that some of my teammates have tried and they just like don't really work or like i'll just personally like really really hate them like um oh there's this one i'll like i'm gonna kick anyone in the shin if they like call me that but it's um it's like they just go like nug nug and i <laughs> really don't like that one <laughs> so um that's that's my, that's the one I hate the most, and I guess goose is the one I like the most. But there's a, lot of, me, people usually just like are too busy mispronouncing it to give me a nickname. Fair enough. So, yeah.
1: so when you were when you were tracking down Grant Fisher in that DMR and you were about to win me some money, I was screaming,
4: "The goose is loose! The goose is loose!" <laughs> yeah.
3: So. I am I am fired up. This topic came up because I was spitballing, you know, questions to ask, and just to give you a little insight, you know, I try to do some real. I have some, you know, funny ones ready to go, and depending on where the interview goes, we'll see which ones we get to. So I actually spitballed a few other nicknames because I think the goose is just you know, can really uh, you can work with, or the last name that you can work with. So you have the goose is loose, but but let me know what you think of these other ones here. So I got Yared Caboose. Cause you're the final leg of the DMR, I like huh?
0: That. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> go.
3: I got yeah. I read the moose because you're gonna be a big target for everyone this year. People are just, gonna, <laughs> you know, huh? Okay. I got. I <laughs> read no lose, cause you never <laughs> you, lose. You're
1: pushing it now. You're stretching that. I like that one. I actually like that
3: one. And then my last one is: "You read no juice because you're not using steroids. You know, you're you're not juicy. Oh, no, no juice! Oh. <laughs> what do you think of that? You read no
2: juice. <laughs>
0: wow. Yeah, those are pretty good ones. I'm I'm impressed. I usually, yeah, I don't think of too many. My favorite, I think I like uh, yard caboose or yard no lose. Those are I, I'm nice sorry if guys. I was
3: saying the first name wrong too. I was just getting a little was was, excited. That was a very, a very
2: classy way of uh, fixing our pronunciation of it right there. <laughs> that was very nice. He did, didn't make a stink. Didn't call us out. Just pronounced it the right way and made his point. I like it.
0: Usually, <laughs> what I do. I'm just it has has to, happened too many times for me to a <laughs> <every single> person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so hey, thank you so much for coming on. We end every interview with a quick
2: game. So Mike. Why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right, down the home stretch. We rapid fire questions about a specific topic. So I don't know if you uh have been following it or not, but either way we're gonna go with it. Have you been uh following the last dance documentary at all? Oof, I have not. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's that's okay. About you're well, about to enter your last
0: dance at the that's at Notre right.
2: Dame, so Yeah, Notre Dame, yeah. you got your last dance coming up. So we're gonna have some some last dance Michael Jordan questions for you, but it's all right. We'll we'll tailor them to we tailor them to whether you watched it or not. So Trent is gonna hit with the first question. Let's do it.
3: All right. Since the documentary is called The Last Dance, I will ask you: Does Notre Dame have any big, you know, last dances that you're excited for this year? Ooh,
0: good question. Ooh, um, good question. Uh, let me see. I think well, like school wide, like they're you know you don't really have like dances, or like team dances or whatever. Um. I guess team-wise, we used to have like a track formal, so I say that's toward the end of the year, at the end of outdoor. So um, we called it like Tormal twormal once, whatever. Oh, <laughs> <We'll> <laughs> I what shop, shop that name for you.
2: Yeah, and yeah, maybe Trent will find
1: a year. good. Yeah, Trent will come up with some
3: new names for you on that <laughs> <one>. <laughs> but,
1: yeah. All right, so so uh, so Scotty Pippen was the the wild card of the team, just the crazy person. Who Dennis on your Rodman. team? is... Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, Dennis Rodman. <laughs> sorry, <I'm just> screwing <laughs> up my names. Dennis Rodman was the wild card of the team. Who on your team is your Dennis Rodman?
0: Hmm. Wild card. Um, I'd probably say um, Dylan Jacobs. He's a uh, he's on the DMR, and he's just like a really close friend of mine. Because um, un- one one year under me, um, he can be. Just he's in general like a very crazy person, (laughs) that's what I really like about him. Um, but also, you kind of just like I don't know, I feel like I can always like trust him to kind of perform, um, to where he wants to, and you know, he's a really great person to have around for the DMR. so.
2: So, Michael Jordan, probably the most notorious shit talker of all time. Have you ever heard any good smack talk
0: while you're out on the track? Oh, um, not really. People don't, I don't know, people don't tend to smack talk me or, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like if, if it comes from anywhere, it might be from like, maybe from my teammates and then it's like, <laughs> they're just joking about it or something, but, um, I don't know, not really any like real smack talk, it's thrown my way.
1: <laughs> Bring it your senior year our brainstorms
0: yeah you started. it <laughs> <laughs> right. Blaine, michael
3: jordan <laughs> um, how many times have you seen space jam
0: oh at least we saw i saw it a ton when i was younger and like twice recently but so i'd say like 12 let's do 12 how recently like within the last week couple weeks no like uh, i see the last oh i saw it in january so okay whenever that yeah That's oh answer. wow
1: <laughs> there you go <laughs> so uh so phil jackson is uh is famous for bringing some uh unconventional coaching tactics to the locker room he does a lot of meditation he does a lot of like native american type ceremonies what's the craziest thing your coach does
0: uh okay every every day basically in the locker room and he told me he wouldn't do this like when he was recruiting me because like he did it once and like he's like i don't get these talks often but like he'll give these like really excessively long talks and you can just like keep on going and going and going for like basically forever <laughs> and so like you know we'll be saying that we'll get ready at like three forty, and you know he won't be done talking until it's like i don't know like four ten or something <laughs> and all, it happened like, we've all had that coach yeah. And we did like over zoom calls and we had one that was like an hour once. <laughs> and like, it's, he just loves talking. Like he's always talking about like really great things, but like sometimes it's just like, you know, I was ready to run like 30 minutes ago. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mike hit him all with the last question. All right. So the documentary does a, a piece on, you know, some of these legendary pickup games with some of these like absolute superstar athletes that played basketball together behind scenes. If you could go for a run with one professional runner or some running legend, who would it be?
0: Ooh, a running legend. Um, I'm not really good at this because my, my running knowledge is pretty limited overall. But that's the way we like <laughs> it. <laughs> but there was, there was this. Um, there's this one runner. He's like. Uh, he's Ethiopian. I- I'm Ethiopian, so like that's kind of like, you know, my parents love talking about um, Ethiopian runners. But his name <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is where I find difficulty, and like,
2: See, he? he's Ethiopian, right? Yeah, Bikela is Ethiopian.
0: I don't know if it was him though. I feel like it. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe a game with like a G or something. But, dude honestly i love that yeah you,
2: because that's how we <laughs> yeah, all were in college it's just like we you're we speaking run...
3: our language right yeah, now it's, it's perfect <laughs>
2: <laughs> It's exactly what
3: i wanted to hear i was mispronouncing your name the entire episode <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that is like right in line with us <laughs>
1: oh, man. Oh, perfect. Hey, thank you so much for coming on this has been a ton of fun we're big fans of yours we're gonna be cheering you on in your senior year and hopefully uh run at the olympics
0: yeah, no, thank you guys for having me. It's been uh, really fun talking with you guys and having something else to do during this long quarantine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, that interview with Yarid the Caboose, Nagus, <laughs> is brought to you by... Bell App track and field gear, where your purchases go directly back to professional athletes. Support the sport you love with the help of the Bell App boys. Look good. Feel good. Run good. Get to their Instagram page. Get there now. They dropped some more sick gear today. It's selling out faster than you know. And every purchase that you go, it's going back to helping grow this sport. Athletes are getting paid. So that means athletes are going to keep doing this sport and wanting to be a part of this sport, which is going to grow this sport. And that's what we're trying to do here. That's the mission. That's 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 what Peak Too Early is all about. That's why we love the guys down at Bell Lab.
1: I thought that was an awesome interview. Like I really like yeah. talking with him, and I think he's a super interesting dude. It's like, very rarely you're going to find somebody that, can, that is able to compete at that level that's just like, yeah, I'm, I might, I'm probably not going pro like I'm I'm going to you know pursue a career in dentistry I'm a you know medical
2: field for sure he, it's like it's we've interviewed so many people at this point now where it's like different perspective on the sport and and different types of people people at different points in their career and all that stuff and that was a refreshing one I feel like it's been a while since we've kind of heard like the college perspective and this perspective of like hey listen I love the sport. I love what I'm doing, and I'm going to be a badass at it. But my goal was always to do this, and now I'm kind of in a pickle where I'm going to go with it. But, you know, the the kid's got options, and the dude's super smart, so whatever he's going to be, he's going to be successful at. Selfishly, do I hope that he, you know, goes pro for a little bit and we get to keep watching him run? Yeah, I
3: do. If uh, if No Juice in the Goose decides to become a dentist and just – dominates the road race circuit the local road oh, race yeah. circuit that would be the best <laughs> awesome. just, you know you're, you line up you're, you're thinking you have a chance at winning your local 5k or whatever and, and the goose just steps on the line maybe you don't know who he is maybe he still has his dental gear on or whatever I don't know and then he just goes out and smokes you that would be just very funny
2: all of a sudden <laughs> the moose the goose shows up to the line
3: <laughs> no loose the goose <laughs>
1: Uh, Mike. All right. So we we asked we we asked you guys for some listener questions.
2: So uh, Mike, do you want to dive into some of these questions here? Sure. Let's do it. All right. The first one comes in from our guy Haywood, and he asks if you could race any in between distance races, what would it be? So I had to actually reach back out to him and clarify what that question meant, and I guess he was saying like. Your non-traditional races, right? Like not a mile, not a 3K, not a, a two mile, somewhere in between. Like what would be your ideal distance? I get it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is easy for me because like I think
1: the 8K five mile distance is my bet is, 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 is one of my better distances. And the 5K is just a little too short. I'm not quite fast enough for that. And I think the 8K the might be a little too long. So if I could race like a four
3: mile distance, I think that's my ideal distance. I think I would be a 4K guy. You know, I, I never 4K. could figure out in college if a 3K was.
2: <laughs> I got to do that. So it's like, it's what, like two and a half miles or so?
3: I don't know. I just know in college, the 3K and the 5K, I never really figured out what I was better at. You know, you run a good 3K and you think, oh, maybe I'm more of a 3K guy. And then you run a good 5K and you're like, oh, maybe I'm more of a 5K guy. So maybe if I could just split the difference a little 4K. I also think I would like to add maybe just like a couple steeple barriers to my course, (laughs) right? Because I never, my coach didn't want me to steeple because I was such like a fragile athlete in college. I was getting hurt all the time. She's like, you don't need those. But maybe just a couple because I thought I had kind of the body to be a decent, you know, jumper, decent, decent uh, steeplechaser. So maybe if just one like every other lap, then I would be uh, better at that. So give me a 4K with a steeplechase every other lap.
2: See, I, I actually love this idea because for me, I suck at track and field. I hate track and field, like being on a track like. This like time trial atmosphere and like going around a circle. It was just never my thing. I was a cross country runner. I loved cross country. And part of the beauty of cross country is like the ambu ambiguity. Well, my, what, what ambiguity. Is that ambiguity. 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 What am I saying? There you go. The ambiguity of the distance to, and the time to, to, and all today, that stuff. Yeah. It just it just doesn't mean anything, right? And you have some courses like in high school, some courses were two point eight, three point two, it's all over the place. So I think my best distance is just like anything that's not your traditional distance. I love it. Like, let's not do a 5K. Let's do like 5,127 meters and have time be irrelevant and we're just racing people. So I think that's what I want. If I had to narrow it down to what my best distance would be, I mean, I think the longer you go, the better I get. We'll make it, we'll be like nine and a half K. We'll say nine and a half K. That's where I'm going to be. Well, Mike, you know what the good news
1: is, is with the challenge that we talked about earlier in the show, you can
2: do all the obscure distances you want. And roll. that's, I love it. I love it. It's going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to purposely be as obscure as I possibly can. <laughs> all right, let's get to the next one. Um, all right, this one comes in from Luke and I don't know who this is uh, directed at. This is, seems like it could be probably directed at all three of us. Uh, it says... <laughs> "How does one live with themselves by faking an injury to beat his friends at <laughs> a running competition?"
3: Uh, Mike, should I take that? Should you take yeah, that? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and take that question? <laughs> you know, I wouldn't know. I just, I just wouldn't know.
1: I mean, I swear. Our listeners are proving to be like the softest people in the world. Come on, have a little competitive fire. Have a little creativity. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a crafty veteran out here. Okay, I already explained at the top of the show that I'm that these guys are closer to their prime than me. I got to do everything I can. Lay off of me.
2: You're right. Stop that's dragging a good me idea. Online. That's a good idea. I think our our uh, strategy from now on should just be to alienate all of our listeners and to yell at all of our listeners. I think that's a good idea. <laughs>
1: Well, they're <laughs> alienating me. Have you read these comments online? I can't get one comment in my favor.
2: Somebody else. It was a great question. All right, this one comes in from Jason. Um, oh, man, this is a great question. Will we ever get to see the Treadmill Wars? It's a good question. Throwback right there.
1: I mean, I'm convinced after two weeks ago that at least one of us would die on the treadmill. Probably. <laughs> Yeah,
2: I mean, you're dealing with some psychopaths here. So to anybody who doesn't know this question, I mean, credit to you, Jason, this is throwback. This is like episode, I don't know, like six or seven. We were talking about having a competition where you crank the treadmill all the way up as fast as it can go, have two people side by side, and it's just who can last the longest. doesn't matter distance, no time, no splits, no nothing. It's just two guys on a treadmill duking it out until somebody gives up, which would be, an absolute electric competition. Do I want to do it? Does it sound fun? No. I think we'll stick with the approach that we've been. Yeah, it's gonna happen for
3: sure. It's gonna happen. It's I, gonna happen. I think yeah, it's definitely I, gonna happen. It's gonna I happen. remember talking about this. It's gonna happen, but this is not the type right, of thing that can happen, happen at yeah, at like a, a you know the Gold's Gym down the street or whatever. This is something, because we would be absolutely going flying, you know, it'd be just tumultuous. I'm sure there'd be Miller Lights there. If somebody has, you know, a basement with a couple of treadmills next to each other and, like, some gymnastic mats laid out, then maybe <laughs> maybe it can happen a little quicker than if, you know, we didn't have that. Because it was going to happen anyways. But if somebody has that basement that they can volunteer, then maybe it'll happen a little
2: quicker. Or if we can, like, set them out outside, have, like, an outdoor uh, arena for it. Because I remember we talked about when we originally brought it up, like there would be like a slight amount of contact would be allowed, right? Obviously not an egregious amount, but you're allowed to like stiff arm or to, you know, yeah, a little bit of contact would be allowed. So it's a good point. All righty. This next one comes in from Pat. Pat says, what do I do if I'm running and I end up in an awkward situation where I'm running right next to somebody else? I don't want to pick up the pace and make them think that I'm trying to race, but at the same time, I'm not going to slow down and just give them the win.
1: So, I mean, very, I mean, this is a very—I mean, this is a very—you could tell that Pat, you know, he's—he's—he's he's, he's a non-runner, right? He's just—he's—he's he's a, a friend a of the—he's—he's yeah. he's, he's a, he's a fan of the program. Um, he's out there getting a couple miles in, but I think we can all agree that there's only one answer to this. And what would that answer be, Steve? You got to drop that motherfucker. You <laughs> yeah. got to. You gotta assert your dominance. You gotta drop the
2: hammer, and you gotta you gotta it's
1: you gotta try to embarrass that person.
2: See, the problem is though, what if you try to assert your dominance, and unbeknownst to you, you got some stud who just makes you look like a fool. I mean, that's survival.
1: I mean, that's just that's just the way the world works. I mean, you just gotta just gotta take your beating. But if you don't try to if somebody's next to you and you're going the same pace, if you don't try to assert your dominance, then I don't know why you're out there.
3: I'm not sure how I would answer this question before moving to the greater Boston area, because this was never applicable to me when I was, you know, in, in the in the sticks of New Hampshire. But now as a city guy, you know, I'm running by the Charles River. This situation happens all the time. And I may tell myself, Trent, today is not the day to go after it. But when you're in the heat of the moment, it's always like Steve said, it's always a big effort. Now, I wouldn't try and drop him immediately because sometimes I'm just, you know, I don't want to I don't want to risk being you don't want to be the first to kick, right? You always want to be the last person to kick, and that's how you win. Um, so I'm a sit-and-kick guy. I'll let him take the lead for a second, and I'm sitting on it. And then I know I'm going to turn off and maybe a couple miles. I'll, I'll pick up the pace, right? I'll go by him, look really good far enough so it doesn't look like I turned off right when I passed him. But, you know, just – just, I mean, I know I can hold my lead for the mile and a half, two miles, take my turn, and go wherever I need to go. So, yeah, you always got to beat him. I mean, so somebody – can-
2: go ahead, Mike. I mean, I think the right answer is you just got to take a risk, push the pace on the guy, and, you know, try and move. And nine times out of ten, your average runner is not going to want to, like, get into, like, an underground street race and we'll just let you go and let you have it. I think the strategy, if you're nervous or you're just not feeling it that day, or you can tell this guy's just a better runner than you, is just to be very deliberate about the next turn. Make the next turn be yeah. <laughs> like you planned it all along. That was part of your route. That's where you were going. You take a turn, you do a little loop, let him get some distance on you, and then continue on your way. And, and so Trent's, Trent's speaking from the
1: from the perspective as somebody that's confident in their kick. So if somebody starts to move first, you can you can outkick them. Um you know, I you know, as somebody that used to run along the Charles River a lot, you gotta perfect the sneak attack Pat. Okay, So that when you see somebody, you're coming up on somebody and it looks like, hey, this person might challenge me. They're about my pace. you got to stay about you know, five to six feet behind them. Collect yourself, right? Get a couple deep breaths. Collect yourself. Take as much time as you need to kind of feel good and come up next to them and then explode. Get that right away. Make that person think that you were going that pace the entire time. Because if you give them hope, if you give them hope, then you're in for a battle.
2: Great point. All right. This one comes in from Will, and Will asks, uh, he was watching our uh, promotions of the final 5K on our Instagram, and he says, did our guy break 15? Now it was a tough day out there. Um, you know, I think
1: some things fell through at the last second, and we had to pick a new track, and the new track we had was was close to the ocean. Uh, It was wide open. There wasn't a ton of protection. And we had a really, really strong wind out there. So I was working against him. In addition
2: to that, it just, he wasn't feeling it. Um, So it was a tough day out there. Listen, some days you don't have it. And then yeah, other days you don't have it and you have a full camera crew. You have fans out on the track and you have me and Trent being idiots on Instagram live showcasing it to the whole world. It, It was a tough situation. So it is what it is and uh yeah whatever we'll, we'll get after it next time
3: on, we talked the... about it on the instagram live though it's it's one of those things where i, I hope a lot of I hope a couple of athletes went out there and tried to get their their pr or whatever their landmark is that had their seasons canceled whether you're you know in high school whether you're in college um whether you're not whether you're you know running post-collegiately and you had some meets on there so um such a such a tough time i mean you had the interview with with the caboose today and, and talking about the devastation and when that season ends. So I appreciate anybody that's putting themselves on the line out there and going after that PR um, kind of what we're all about. It doesn't need to be the perfect day. You can still go for a runtime trial. Does it help to be in a real race, you know, with other competitors? Absolutely. Um, but I would appreciate anybody that's, that's ballsy enough to put themselves out there and, and go for a PR. If, if uh, you had your last is kind of stripped from you like that.
2: Agree. All right. Agreed. Put yourself out there. For sure. All right, these last couple of questions running out of time, so we're gonna rapid fire here. This one comes in from Colin. Colin says, "When will P2E get split shorts, singlets, or a hat?" We're working on it. Actually, quick. Uh, so we're working on it, but
1: I think we need a logo because I really like the our artwork that we have on our Instagram, on our cover for our. Um, for our, our podcast on iTunes, but in order to do that, I think we really need to get a logo. So if anybody has any logo ideas, let us know. We'll start working good on it. Good point. As soon as we get as soon as we get a cool logo, we'll start printing them up. But I agree. Sure. We need those soon.
2: All right. This next one comes in from, let's see, where do we want to go with this? All right. This one comes in from the guys at Bell Lab Track and Field Gear. Shout out sponsor uh is now not the time to finally get track on the map get some so basically what he's asking is listen are we jumping the gun if we say let's push a track meet right now like let's organize some pros get a track meet get some gambling like make make an event right now like get something going right now where we have this opportunity to grow the sport is this not the
3: time are we jumping the gun so, I, I mean, I'm not a public health expert, so I'm not going to comment on, on what is feasible and, and what's not. But if you think about sports that are feasible, and we kind of mentioned this maybe a little bit at the beginning of the show. I mean, track and field is a, a low amount of people on the track at, at the same time. Um, it's, you know, there's going to be some contact there, but if you do all the tests or whatever. But I think more importantly... With the cancellation of the the major events, right? Obviously, you know, the Olympics and stuff and the Diamond League's been pushed back and, and we already talked about who knows not coming back, now is the time to get a little creative and to put on a track meet that that has some gambling on it or whatever, that that just thinks outside the box and gathers the attention because any any track meet, any sporting event is getting so much publicity and so much love that if you can set anything up, you can be as creative as you want about it. You can try new stuff, have fun things. People are paying attention to it. So now's the time to maybe, yeah, now it's time to get new eyeballs on it and have people look at it a little bit differently than they looked at it before.
1: Yeah, I'm shocked that some smaller sports aren't taking more of a risk right now to put themselves out there and create some stuff. I mean, UFC is doing it, right? They're, they see this opportunity and they're capitalizing on it. It's the only sport available right now. So why can't it be track and field?
2: And there's ways that we could make these like small time events or races that are completely socially acceptable. And, you know, according to the medical guidelines. But again, to my comments, and I don't mean to be grumpy Mike today and to be the downer Mike, but again, this sport has not proven to me that it's willing or capable to do that just yet. So I don't know. When I'm gonna start believing that they will be capable of it? All right, the Bomp last womp question. Womp. Yeah, I know. I mean, hey, listen, it is what it is. This last question comes in from Chris. Chris says, "When are we gonna see a 24, 24, 24 challenge from the Pizza Boys? That's a 24 beers, 24 miles, in 24 hours. I mean, I'll, I'll do it. Is, isn't there a, isn't there like a donut element to this challenge? No, yeah, there's a whole." No. Yeah, there's a whole different – there's a slew of challenges. But, I mean, we were talking about challenges early in the day, and it's like the challenges that take up the whole week are brutal in life. But this one-day challenge, it it would be more fun to do in person, I think, if we were all together. So I think we'll have to wait until we're all – but I would – I'd be willing to dedicate a Saturday and do this challenge and then maybe even make it a competition. Like not only can you do 24 beers, 24 miles in one day, but – make a put some money on who can do it complete it the fastest you know what i mean make a little challenge of it i'm down for that tell you what
3: (laughs) you could have fun guys Uh, (laughs) (laughs) i'm going the other way i tell you what after after the mileage challenge I did 35 miles in one day. Right. I feel like invincible. Now I need, I need <laughs> time to recuperate, right? I want to get some injuries. I think you especially, Mike, maybe need us, uh, to take a little bit more time off before we start going after 24 miles in one day. But the brutality of the mileage challenge, the, the weekly mileage challenge, was so intense that something like this feels it's- incredibly easy and soft. And I know it won't park, be. Dude. It's a yeah. walk in the park, it 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 certainly won't be. I'm not saying it will be easy, but I, I definitely have the confidence after the challenge that we did to accomplish anything. I know I could do this. I know I could.
2: I know I could. 100%.
3: Have fun, boys. I'll videotape it. <laughs>
2: uh, that's all I got, Steve. That's all of our questions for today.
1: All right. Now, why don't we kick off the bell lab? Mike, what do you got, people, in the bell lab?
2: All right. So for my bell app i just want to i shouted it out earlier i want to shout it again and i hate taking these bell apps to do like promo things but listen we're trying to grow what we're doing here we're trying to and if you're listening to this and enjoying what we're doing and asking like hey what can i what can i do to help the p2e boys we're not asking for much just leave an itunes review five-star review because, listen, that is what helps our podcast get recognized. The more we get recognized, the more we have the capability to do here. The more listeners we get, the you know the more free reign we have to do cool stuff. So these challenges and all these things we're doing, it's going to be that much better the more eyes we can get on it. So if you haven't left an iTunes review yet, do it. And if you have, like I said, get your neighbor, your brother, your sister, your mother, your dog, your neighbor – Whatever, get somebody to drop us a five-star review. That's all I'm asking, and I'm sorry if I'm asking too much of you guys, but come on, come on, help us out here.
3: Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? We've been talking about a lot of challenges uh, throughout this episode. I got I got one more kind of serious one to throw out at people. Uh, Memorial Day weekend's coming up. There's a, there's a challenge that I think we would all be interested in if we hadn't done the Weekly Miles challenge a couple weeks ago, so I might have to sit this one out, but it's called 48 for the Fallen. And it's you run four miles every four hours for a total of 48 hours. Um, It's to, you know, just raise awareness, get excited about Memorial Day. Um, You know, this is going to be a weird Memorial Day. You may not be having those barbecues like you used to. You may not be getting into big groups like you used to. Um, So this might be a good opportunity to make sure, you know, you you take the time to to think about why we have that holiday. Um, There's some money that's going to the Wounded Warrior Project with it. And it sounds like a pretty badass running challenge that, you know, Again, if we hadn't maybe done ours, it sounds like I'd be super excited to try it. Uh, four hours, four miles. I mean, that's like you're maxing out at three hours sleep maybe throughout. So it'd be a brutal weekend, but I think it'd be I think, I think it'd be well worth it. I think uh, I, there's definitely some listeners out there I'm sure that would enjoy it. So just Google it, Forty Eight for the Fallen, and you'll find the website.
1: Yeah, and and uh, like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Um, so we we're we're thinking about doing that uh that P2E slash horse challenge. So start thinking about people that you wanna to challenge to that. Um maybe bring some new people into the to the podcast with this with this challenge. So start thinking about that. We'll talk about it next week. And that boys, I would've run faster, but I peeked too early. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away.
4: Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say I I like my girls a little bit old I just want to use your love tonight I don't want to lose your love tonight I ain't got many friends left to talk to And
3: where to run when I'm in trouble So, the positive of quarantine and, and social distancing, you know, you, you were just saying you did your part and I feel the same way, but maybe it just spawns more like, I don't know, like I'm going to miss going to bars and stuff, but maybe it just spawns more like parking lot chills, especially for the yeah. summer, <laughs> which I'm like very okay with. Park and like i I'm backyard like backyard chilling.
4: My hands from shaking, something in my mind's not making sense, been a while since we've been all alone, I can't stop the way I'm feeling, as you're leaving please won't you close the door, don't forget what I told you, just cause you're right doesn't mean I'm wrong, another shoulder to cry above you